Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. My name is George Bricks. And on today's episode, I had the pleasure to talk with Carmel Weinkoop. She's a partner at Armanino, which is a top 25 CPA and consulting firm. Now she gets a chance to lead business analytics and automation practice, providing data-driven practice improvements and automation. She has more than 25 years of experience leading transformation projects across international clients in manufacturing, life science, construction, and healthcare. And she has a master's of science from University of San Francisco. I loved this conversation. We got a chance to really talk about the practicality and the opportunities that are going to come from artificial intelligence, machine learning. And I love the way that Armanino thinks about this idea that there are your employees then there's your outsourced resources. So that might be in a, you know, around the world, global resources or outside your own organization. And then there's your digital workforce as well. And that's just an integrated workforce model that they've come up with. And I think it's a really smart way to look at not the threat that could be coming from AI, but instead the opportunity and where to start small, get those, those small wins that lead to creating that flywheel, that momentum that lets organizations see the potential of where artificial intelligence, machine learning, RPA, everything, where these, these new ways of thinking can take your organizations to the next level. I think you're really going to love this conversation. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. I am so excited to have Carmel on the show with us today. Carmel, thank you so much for coming on today. I really thank appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Well, tell us a little bit more about you, Armanino, and the work that you are pursuing day to day. Yeah, okay. Uh, I am a partner at Armanino. I've been here for about 10 years. Um, I was in the ERP space for, for a long time. And I now run our business analytics and automation group. Uh, and so uh, Armanino is a tax audit and consulting firm. Um, and my role is in the consulting area, again, in business analytics and automation. So I primarily am focused on the power platform, AI, RPA. Um, maybe I should spell not do just acronyms, right? So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, let's, let's, you know, for those, I think that probably most of our listeners will be like, check, check, check. But yeah. just for those that might be learning, because we want to give people the ability to learn here. Absolutely. Uh, give me, give me the, the, the definition of those terms. Sure. So, artificial intelligence, um, you know, having uh, a machine do some stuff and do some learning. Machine learning is actually training. Uh, machines to take over processes and learn from them as they go. RPA is robotic process automation. Um, and so that is about having bots do what I call rope tasks uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in people's lives. Um, and so here's the way I think of this, right? I think of this like the Roomba. Like if you have a, if anybody has a Roomba, right? Roomba first came out and that was amazing because it would just vacuum your floor. And then it got smarter and now it doesn't run over your dog poop. And now it's even <laughs> smarter where you can actually tell it what rug and what room to go actually vacuum, right? So that's yeah. part of, it's a bot. It's also, it has machine learning in it and, uh, and it's also using some capabilities of AI because you can talk to it. So nice that's perfect home, perfect. home use example. Yeah, we can bring it down to what's reality. But I mean, a lot of what you're working on is 
doing this at scale or doing it with organizations that are thinking about deploying it through through their workforce. I'm kind of curious. So, I mean, part of the reason we're talking about this right now is like, we can't ignore AI anymore, right? right. It, it has been around for some time, for actually for a long time. Um, uh, we've got one of our employees is working on um, her kind of continual grad work in AI. And she she's really brought me up to speed of like, yeah, we're talking about 1950s and 60s when the first concept of, the, of the, this was coming out. Yeah. But it is really definitely taken traction, you know, in, in the kind of general vocabulary in the last three to six months because of chat GDP and uh, open AI, and really just the headlines that we're seeing of how fast things are moving forward. Tell me a little bit about how how is your group responding to this right now? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, I would agree with the, the the grad student person that you were talking about, right? This has been uh, AI and this these kind of concepts have been around for a long time. And if you look at, um, you know, the industrial revolution and the evolution of that, we are now in the fifth industrial revolution and things are moving faster than ever before. And I think what's interesting about it is um, large companies with big budgets have been able to afford AI. And so they're taking advantage of that today. And the smaller to mid-sized organizations feel like that's a really large investment. Their data is not clean enough and uh, they just don't think they're going to be able to do it. Right. So my group and my focus at, it, at my job is to really start thinking about how do we get AI in some way, shape, or form. How do we get people to start dipping their toe in the water? There, we don't have to do a, you know, hundred million dollar uh, project. Let's just do some small things that start uh, allowing you to feel the impact, right? So, yeah, uh, and and getting you small wins where you're seeing productivity gains uh, and moving people from repetitive tasks to more strategic type things for them to be thinking about. Um, and so that's sort of the way that we're playing in this world of AI right now. Um, and, and well, so, so tell me a little bit about what are the types of things that you're seeing are being automated? So I love that, that, you know, how can we take things that are, we're doing this over and over and over again. We see this all the time. Yeah. Um, and what are the, we, if, if someone is trying to think through, man, I just, I, I really wish I could look for the, that, that first place to play or learn, or like you said, measure a potential value impact so I could sell it up to maybe do more in the future. But these are obvious areas where you could really be thinking about it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're doing this in a couple ways right now. Um, one of them is we've got a couple clients that are, that have a lot of bank reconciliations, right? And how do they, how do they do that? Um, one, one organization is also, people name their bots. Just a side note: one one company named noticed their bot that. Abio, and the other one named it Daryl. And so we get funny requests from them. I can I have four more Daryls? Absolutely, <laughs> I love <laughs> right. it. Uh, so those those are those are folks that are taking advantage of this. And and so the bank reconciliation thing is basically they had they were getting a bunch of I think they had four or five different banks where they were pulling in information. Somebody's having to do that reconciliation manually. Mm. via a PDF type of form. So we're able to pull that information, uh, run through, scrape through the PDF, and then provide the reconciliation. And it will post for them if, if it everything ties out, right? And then yeah. if it doesn't, it kicks out, okay, someone needs to go pay attention to this one. So if you think about tasks like that, right, that are fairly manual, fairly cumbersome. I've also got it, we're, we're talking to another organization right now who their reporting tool 
uh, it's a legacy tool. They're not really ready to rip and replace it yet, which is fine. Totally understand sure. that. Yeah. Um, but it only spits out PDFs. And the poor controller there is spending four to five hours a month just reading through PDFs. So we have a process where we can, and this is a machine learning process actually, where they could send the PDFs into a specific mailbox. We'll go pick it up and run it through um, what I call a transformer. We're trying yep. to coin that name at Armanino. I like it. O-R-M, big capital letters. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, I've, I've also said, if we make enough money on this, I will show up at our next, uh, consulting, uh, in a transformer costume. So we've got, I think we're going to hold you to that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm putting sure. money on the line here. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, you could run, you could run those PDFs through that tool. And when they first give us the report, we'll send it to the tool. We'll train the tool. So they'll give us like nine samples, right? Different um, data, but all the fields are the same. So it learns. And then it can run those forms through there all the time and spit them out in an Excel version and email them back to, to the client. So um, yeah. allows him to slice and dice that and or put it in a data warehouse if they want to get fancy, right? There's all kinds of things they can do with it now that it's outside of that PDF. Um, well, what's good about that, I think what's interesting is you're talking about something where you don't have to have a massive uh, data set yet. Right. And I think that, like you said, that and granted, more data creates a smarter, you know, model. Um, but I think there's some value to say we can we can learn, we can train this model off of a relatively small data set. You know, you have to have enough variety for it to to make meaning of the data that's looking at. But that's I think it's a great place to start. Yeah, and right, those are just small things. Okay, so now we've eliminated five hours a month for this person. Great. What else you got? Show me your next yeah. big problem that, that is a pain point for you. It creates a flywheel. Yeah, which it does, is, right? Because yeah. then you start identifying, oh, well, if you can do that, can you do this? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about what that process is. If you're doing it, if you've got screen clicks that you're taking uh, or workflows that you're doing outside of a system, we can pretty much automate all of that um, and make it much easier for you to, to get things through. Well, and I, I know that, you know, I've looked at some of the, the material that you and the company have put out around this idea around, we're having a massive change in our workforce in general, right? Whether it is because you've got a huge group that is retiring um, mm -hmm. in the, well, right now, literally as we're talking, well, those that want to retire with the economy the way that it is, but they're trying to, right? They're, they're at that age where it's yeah. time for that workforce to be moving on. Uh, but we're not seeing that workforce come up in the same way behind right. them. Um, and so I think we're having to rethink how does, how do things get done? Yeah, that, it, you know, I think we look at this in two factors. One, exactly what you're talking about. And then also looking at, at a uh, pressurized economy right now where oh. it, we need to do more with less, right? We we're it's volatile oh, yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we want to make, we're trying to make profits and, and still keep a balance there. Right. So I think, yeah, the whole concept of a digital workforce or an integrated workforce is kind yeah. of what we're talking to, to our clients about. And, you know, um, many clients of all sizes have done the outsourcing thing, right? They know how to do that. They feel comfortable with it. It's affordable. Yep. Um, and, and there are resources to do that. Thinking about having digital workers to also help subsidize that and some of those tasks is the next uh, place where people need to start thinking about. And if we're not thinking about that, we're not going to, it's going to be really hard for people to just do outsourcing and continue to compete. 
because yep. the digital worker can work 24 seven. The outsource worker can't do that. Neither can your, can your internal workforce, right? And so there is an advantage to that for the things, and it doesn't mean every job or every task is applicable, but certainly there are a lot of repetitive tasks or rote tasks that we think about uh, doing that with. And, you know, again, sort of to use the, the Roomba example, you know, one of the things that we talk about with our clients that when, when they're scared about this is, you know, you're using AI in your everyday life all the time now. Your car yeah. probably has it. I, I yeah. had a really old Toyota 2002 up until this last year. And now my car has a backup camera. I didn't have that. I had a tape deck, right? So that was- Oh, all right. Yeah, you know, that's a big upgrade for you. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my car tells me stuff now, right? I have low tire pressure. Yeah. Uh, clean my backup camera. Uh, I mean, it tells me everything. Um, and so you're, we're using, we're used to this in our personal lives. We've got Google that we talk to, Alexa that we talk to at home, right? It manages our TV and all of our electronics. Right. We want to do the same. We want to bring the same amount of convenience to your work that was brought into your home. As a matter of fact, I saw a refrigerator the other day that had a camera in it. And when I told, uh, it was an Airbnb. And when I told the woman that was, uh, whose house it was, I was visiting, she was like, are they taking pictures of me in the refrigerator? I'm like, no, that's for you to connect to. So when you're at the grocery store, you know what, what you need, right? Yeah. So it it is, I mean, it's everywhere now. And, and yeah. I think that for, for a lot of folks, for a lot of folks that haven't been noticing, it's not, it's just paying attention, right? If you haven't noticed that it's happening now, you're, we're being forced to pay attention. We're forced to being, seeing it all around us. And of course the, you know, it's, relevant because, you know, the, the, the internet has decided to talk about it. Um, and of course some key events have taken place recently, but I think that because of that, you have a really interesting moment where people are going, well, now I'm scared of it. Now I'm confused about it. Now I'm, is it a threat? Is it going to take every job ever? Is it going to replace all of us instantly? You know? Um, and I think that it's, they're valid questions or valid concerns, but I think it misses the opportunity that it's going to provide for us too. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and sure. I mean, there's, you know, when you think about things like chat GPT and, and the ethical, uh, you know, sort of construct of that and how we need to be responsible in its use. Absolutely. Yeah. But we need to be responsible about a lot of things, right? The environment, the chat GPT use, you know, all kinds of things like that. So this is just another one that we have to pay attention to, but I do think, and, and I get it uh, that you know some people are nervous about this coming into their to their workforce. I don't think it it replaces jobs. I think it takes jobs up a level, right? So yeah. instead of you know doing those road tasks, you're now focused on the more strategic things that the bot can't do or the virtual right. worker can't do, right? And so it allows you to to expand what you're thinking about and what what tasks you actually take on and, and make sense for you to do. We've been, the way we've been kind of referring to it around here is rather than thinking about like, oh, these things are going to replace us, they will enhance us or they'll empower right. us, right? So it's the, the AI enhanced or the AI empowered designer. It's the yeah. AI empowered product manager. It's the AI empowered, you know, developer or, you know, the list goes on. It's if you, if you view it as a tool, I mean, there's things that we do now. I take for, for example, using Figma as a design tool. The idea of, of not have, you know, if I were to go back to using a, 
uh, another tool that didn't allow me to have collaboration inside the mm -hmm. software so that we could all open up the same file, look at the same file at the same time, you know, on a shared, um, you know, cloud based experience, we would think that's crazy because it seems so natural now that that's how work gets done. Yeah. Um, that collaboration's real time. And before that would have been like, no, 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 no. I remember people saying, I don't want to use Figma. My file is my file, you know? Right. And that was a big, that was a switch that felt like a threat. Yeah. But it wasn't, right? It ended up being, it just made it from going from, this is going to take us two weeks to get to a final design to, this is going to take us two hours to get to a final design because yeah. you're not passing the file around. It's Yeah, it's the same thing. And, you know, I mean, Microsoft announced their co-pilot uh, um, AI, open AI this, this last week, uh, it was on LinkedIn. And I think that name is actually really perfect and important copilot, yes. right? So yes. think about it. It's your helper. So it can help you do things. You're still in control. You're still in control of editing those things. You're still in control of making final decisions. You're still in control of addressing the anomalies if you've got like a, a an rpa tool that's running in the background that doesn't and things don't match up perfectly right so yep it's 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 exactly it's it's your helper your enhancer and your co-pilot in your in your workspace so that so that you can go to, go do the things that that thing can't do right i was sharing this with dan my business partner and we were talking about his his he loves excel and, and I know there's people out there that love Excel. I don't happen to be one of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm, my background's in design. I, I love the people that do, and they are great. But I was, I was trying to explain to him the potential of what you could be doing in Excel with this, this tool, right? If you yeah. could um, maybe give it a base set of, a set of data or access to a set of data, and then give it instructions of what you want to do with that data, and it would run the pivot tables, it would run the calculations, it would go ahead and build out the 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 resources to build the visualizations inside of Excel that actually are kind of annoyingly hard to do. You know, yeah. that becomes just something where it's like, I just need to know how to be better at asking the right questions and prompting the right results that I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I think that's very exciting. Very I think exciting. that's very exciting too. I love Excel, but I'm not an Excel whiz, right? I'm not I can there there are those that are, are much better at not yeah that's not yeah. I'll get in it when I have to when I yeah. have to um okay so so tell me a little bit about where where you see this going as we start to um as we start to dream about the potential like you said there's there's obviously these very tangible right in front of us opportunities but you already mentioned whether it's with robotics or automation or um you know this I love that kind of digital or integrated workforce mm -hmm. where do you see that going in the next, I don't know, three to five years is the stereotypical time frame. Well, it's hard to imagine three to five years with as fast as things are moving now, but maybe even the next 18 months. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a, <laughs> a more legitimate time frame uh, yeah. as, as we think about how fast things are moving. I, I think it's going to change. It's interesting, right? So if I look at it from, from a consulting perspective, it's going yeah. to change the way that I consult for sure, right? Because now I have to start thinking about so if you're going to use Copilot as an example for all the Excel things you just talked about, I you have it has to connect to that data. So what are the connectors there, and how do we yeah. help you get those in place so that you have the accurate data that makes sense for that to be a useful tool? Where today that sits in a data lake, and maybe it's cleansed, and maybe it's not right. And so, and then you know, also how do people start thinking about their data and data governance, right? And what does that look like? And how do we help you get that in place? And again, those are things that 
large companies with big budgets typically have in place. Change control uh, methodologies and a strategy around data governance, right? But it doesn't have to be overwhelming like that. We can start with, okay, let's, let's get a clean set of data. Let's understand what that set is. And then let's move to the next clean set of data and understand what that is. And if there are areas that need to get cleansed, let's just go identify them and we can make those changes over time. It doesn't have to be a big bang project, but it does need to be, if you're going to do, if you're going to use something like Copilot, just as an example, right? Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about the area that you're going to use it first and let's go make sure we understand what that data set looks like and what those connectors are. And so that changes a little bit. I also think that right now, we are seeing more and more people interested in RPA and that type of automation, the digital worker, right? Because of, you know, all the things we talked about previously, you know, earlier in this conversation, uh, less people entering the workforce, more people leaving the workforce and a tough economy. And how do mm -hmm. we compete in those conditions? And this is a quick, you know, relatively quick way to get some, um, quick wins and boost the morale of the employees that you do have right now, right? And have them move them up a little bit and have them focus on things that that you you want them to focus on, but you can't right now because otherwise the bread and butter stuff falls to the ground, right? Which you can't have. You can't have that. Right. Right. And so many organizations are struggling to even make that be profitable. So it's going like, I have to make adjustments here. Which right. means that we're now in this like upside down scenario. I was yeah. thinking about um, uh, been following the development of Rivian trucks, right? Oh yeah. And and Rivian's done some incredible work, obviously within the the you know they're a ten year old company, but they've really only released their product in the last two years. And you know one of the challenges they have in front of them is they they have automated a lot of their their product on top of putting AI in their trucks so that it can self drive and and everything else that Tesla's been doing for a while. But they're struggling at the same time. They have to do even more of that because their stock is so low because the market isn't, you know. So how do you how do you respond to the times using the technology that's in front of you? I think this is this is a real opportunity, hopefully, if if taken advantage of in the right way. But they've they've had to figure that out very quickly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and again, it's kind of why we're focusing on let's go find the one thing that we can get your toe dipped into, and yeah. then we can we can figure out what is the next thing and then you can build upon it right so uh, agree when you have something like uh you know a new car that's completely electric and is competing with competing with tesla oh they gotta do it's it another all. scale yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right you got to do it all but you know the manufacturing plant or the dental you know uh, yeah branch or or you know whatever, let's start with smaller things there, right? And let's, let's make some of those things just easier for you. Well, and I think that's a huge opportunity for organizations like yourself uh, around being the service provider to support those groups because we used to work, so for example, we used to work a lot with cybersecurity mm -hmm. and we found there was kind of a sweet spot of, the, like you said, the big firms. I remember talking to um, the CISO at, at Capital One and at the time, this is several years ago, but, the, but the, it, at the time they had the largest security group in the world and it was mm -hmm. like hundreds if not thousands of just security professionals at one organization in-house, right? And that was super rare, but they were such a large organization. They were doing such, you know, relatively risky work um, that they had to invest in that way. 
Yeah. Now, then there was the, the outflow of the rest of us that need to be thinking about these things, but don't have the resources, the scale or the, the ability to do that. And I think that's where a service provider can really come alongside and say, let us help you. This doesn't have to be scary. This is something that there's opportunities here, which I think is really exciting about what you, you all are working on. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And that's, we are trying to make it not scary, right? It doesn't, don't get overwhelmed. Just yeah. let's, let's, you know, we don't have to boil the ocean. Let's just one cup at a time. <laughs> it's a really good way to say it. It's a really good way to say it. Okay. So what's, what is one thing, if we look at it from the opposite way, so whenever I'm going down a path of a topic or an idea, and especially AI is, you know, we're all thinking about the potential. What are some ways that when you're either having those early conversations or even you, maybe you've been working with some folks on this for a period of time, what are some areas where they get it wrong? And I mean that in the sense of like, where are they, where do they hit challenges where they go, this is the thing I keep beating my head, head against the wall going, I just don't feel like we're getting past this. Is there a consistent place where you see people struggling to either wrap their head around it or take advantage of it in the best ways? Um, just, to, just to flip it on its head a little bit, where are areas that people are challenged by? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's a really good question, right? And I will give you a two-part answer. So last year when I took this group over, I went around my firm, tax and audit people, and I was telling them about AI and RPA and the Power Platform and Power BI and data warehouses. And all of those people looked at me like I had three heads, right? Not hitting the mark there at all. So part of it is the conversation. Mm. Uh, went back, changed my talk track this year, talking about outcomes now. Let's talk about what is your goal? What are you trying to, to accomplish? And then let's see how we can get you there. And so I think that talk track and the way it, and it's not just a talk track, right? It's a, it's a holistic approach to how we then go solve these problems. So I don't, I no longer walk into those meetings or any client prospect meeting talking about technology, talking about, let's go in, let's talk about the outcome you're trying to achieve. And then we have tools like the mural boards and things like that, that we use to map out, okay, let's map out the actual process. And then we can say, all right, these are the 10 things we can automate. Where would you like to start, right? Yeah. Or this whole line, we can automate five things in here that will help you. And that's one dip your toe sort of thing, right? Um, I think where people get overwhelmed is when we try and do too much, too much too fast, right? Let's get you some ROI. Let's talk about outcomes. Let's tackle the process that's going to give you some bang for your buck. Doesn't always have to be the biggest bang for your buck. Sometimes it's okay to start small, right? And so let's do that. And then we can follow it up with, all right, what is the next thing? We, what's the next thing you want to tackle? And what is that outcome? Okay. Yeah. Let's go, to, let's go have that discussion. And the important piece of that is really the process mapping of, okay, what does the process look like today? And what can we eliminate in there with uh, either, you know, a digital worker or if it's if you're doing like a workflow where you're emailing something around, maybe it's Power Automate, whatever those things are, right? But let's go identify those things and then we'll have specific. Then we start talking about the technology and what it can do for you. But don't start with the technology, right? Let's think about what the outcome is. Such good advice. And that is something, oh my goodness. It's, that's not a new idea. That's just applying the idea to this moment, right? Because we talk often, oh gosh, the amount of times that we got asked to build a tool, but also replace all the features of Salesforce at the same time, right? <laughs> and it was always like, 
do you realize that that doesn't, there's, that's no value. Like we will take so long and so much money to rebuild right. Salesforce that we don't, you know, it's not necessary. And it's an integrated platform. We can pull that in, we can use it, or we can use another CRM or another, you know, database tool, right. whatever. But in their mind, it was, well, I have to do everything that everything else is doing. It has to be a, you know, well, we feature parity, um, that then you, you bite off more than you can chew. And then you're disappointed when you don't see progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing is when we're trying to recreate something that already exists, just stop, drop and roll there too. Right. And, and to your point, we're not going to reinvent Salesforce or an ERP system or whatever. Right. But, right. but then it becomes, okay, how, how do we, that's nice that you, that you want it to be the same, but what if it was better? Right. Mm -hmm. So then let's mm -hmm. talk. I think this still process mapping makes a whole lot of sense to go, okay, but this is, this is where you're doing these manual steps, even utilizing the tool sets that you have today. So there can be automation opportunities there as well, whether they're again, digital workers, bots, AI, machine learning, power automate, power app, don't care. So good. So good. Well, honestly, I'm excited about the way you're approaching it. I love the fact that you're you kind of change the narrative from being about technology to being about how the human impact, right? The, the business impact. This is how this will help you, um, not how this is a threat because it's a you know terrifying robot artificial intelligence that's coming for your kids or something. You know, like it's right. it's something. Make it approachable and understandable, and then those small wins to get the momentum. I think is very very powerful. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Well, I, I want to give you the kind of red carpet to tell um, the folks a little bit more about where they can learn about you or your organization and um, how to get in touch with you to maybe learn more about doing this with you. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, certainly, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Carmel Weinkoop, W-Y-N-K-O-O-P. Um, and Armanino.com is the website for Armanino. And there's plenty of uh, you can look up my name in the fine people. Um, certainly there's plenty of content, uh, on that site that you can, you can search for, but all of those places I can be found. Awesome. And honestly, I've had such a pleasure to get to know you and some of the folks in your team, just incredible people. Like immediately you're just like, let's do something great together. So I love that language and, uh, definitely check out Carmel and Armanino to learn more. And oh, Car Carmel, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is great. And uh, yeah, George, we love working with you and your team as well. So excited to do more. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.